0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: This week on Catch and Shoot 2.0, are we seeing a resurrection of the New York Knicks and the Boston Celtics? Plus, Otto and I take a deep dive into the MVP race. But first, Darlene, let's get to it. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot 2.0 goes well with both Red and white and is perfect with the workout of your choice our hosts are Aaron Berlin a former Kansas Jayhawk who believes the Orlando Magic will win the championship eventually (laughs) his partner is Otto Strong a man who's covered the NBA since before Dennis Rodman got his first tattoo fellas Welcome to Catch and Shoot 2.0. I am Aaron Berlin, along with my partner, he is the one and only, Otto Strong. Otto, what's going on, my man?
0: Oh, it's all good. It's uh, it's it's this weird time of year again where we're, conf- we're consulting and conflicted with the calendar because this is typically the weekend or the weekend that just passed. Would have been the weekend the playoffs would have started. And so, like, I'm wanting to watch playoff basketball. In a, in a way, we kind of are because there have been some outstanding games over the last couple of days.
1: Is, is it weird to think that the NBA season still has basically another month and next week is the NFL draft as well?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, I, I still I think we're going to be dealing with this is, uh, you know, again, we've, we've talked about this a lot. Um, is it the worst thing that we're dealing with in times of COVID? Obviously not. But just as a as a sports fan, just looking at it through that lens. It is weird. You know, it's it's kind of it's outside of the normal flow of things, you know, much like, say, I don't know, Kansas not being in the tournament past the first round. But, you know, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother you just,
1: thing. You just had to go there, right? You just, well, you, you just had you to know, poke the bear.
0: Well, you. you hey, you, you poked the bear a couple of weeks ago. You you you. you Said something that shouldn't have said, but, you know, hey. Okay, okay. Well, well if we're going to relate
1: this back to Jayhawk land, like every great episode of Catch and Shoot should, here's, here's the thing. The best team in the league right now employs the best Jayhawk in the league right now in the Philadelphia 76ers. Is, is that, fair to, that, that, is, that is fair to say?
0: That is fair and, to say. And would
1: you say the Sixers are the best team?
0: I, I like where the Sixers are right now. I mean, I think you know, given that they're in the East, are they the best team? Shoot. I mean, I, I think they're positioned the best. I'll put it that way. Is that, is that enough of a couch?
1: That's fair. That's fair. I'm just going to say they're the best team because they have a Jayhawk. That's a all-star. <laughs> that's a superstar in the league. And he's right now the only superstar Jayhawk in the league. Yeah. But, okay. So, Otto, last week we had this really interesting conversation about – the pace at which injuries are ravaging the league, right? And we had another case this week where Donovan Mitchell goes down and will miss time with an ankle injury, and he'll miss several several games. Kevin Durant is out again due to a left-by contusion. Steph Curry rolled his ankle. And you know how many times we've been down that road with Steph, right? Like, especially early in his career. And it finally feels like we're getting to a point where – the check is coming due for the league, right? And I thought Fred Van Vliet had excellent comments about this earlier in the week, about this, not being a fun NBA season for players, right? Like that right. this season feels more business than any other. And part of it is because of the rush, na- rush nature of it. And we spoke about this right last week, like mm-hmm. they're playing 72 games in an almost condensed schedule that didn't start until mid-December, but does it feel like where Fred Van Vliet was in his thought process during that post-game press conference is fair with the check that's basically coming due for the league right now with all these injuries?
0: Well, I'm I'm going to check you on one thing. The league started, uh, just if I'm not mistaken, two or three days before Christmas, so it it was very... Yeah, the 22nd. You're right, it was even later than mid-December. I mean, it was basically, and then there were a couple of days that paused for you know for the holiday, obviously, or, or around the holiday. So, it was even more condensed than 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 how you were describing. But I um, see. Again, I'm I'm going to push back a little bit because while I feel I feel you with respect to the mounting injuries. So, if Steph Curry rolls his ankle, you know, last season before they shut down, or next season, we're not saying that he rolled his ankle because of the condensed season like that. I mean, it's one of those things. Where it's almost impossible to separate. You know, well, was, you know, did he did he do it because he's, you know, mentally taxed or not getting enough rest? Although I would argue that the Golden State Warriors had a lot of rest this off season, <laughs> had a whole lot of rest, and so that one doesn't really pass the sniff test as far as as far as that particular case. But I hear you with regard to what you're saying in the in the macro sense that. It, there, pe- people and players are being asked to do a lot i mean the, the all-star game felt like it was a, a a rushed affair you know just single day oh, and, everybody and that's
1: that's a perfect example right yep, yep that all-star game never should have taken place this year what what purpose did the league holding an all-star game this year serve for not only fans because part of the all-star festivities right is fans being there, getting to hold it in your city, getting to watch the stars of today and tomorrow play on the court every single time. But then at the same time, you don't even get to watch LeBron for what he, he plays one half of basketball.
0: Well, okay, fine.
1: And it makes your players upset at the same time too.
0: No, no doubt. We can, we could talk about the fact that, that you wouldn't have had 20,000 people in the arena um, and, and all of the, the the shouting and screaming that would have gone on for, you know, not just the game, but the, the dunk contest and all of the other events that make All-Star Weekend what it is. But the fact is that that game is exported to the rest of the world, and the rest of the world wasn't going to be attending COVID or no COVID. So, you know, so you were able to have the game, I, I don't have the viewership numbers in front of me, but something tells me it, they were probably high. I don't know if they've been were they as high as they were historically, probably not. But the if you're the NBA and you're the legal department, and you're the you know the marketing folks and the contract folks, you got to say we got to check that box. We had a game, we had we had a product to export. TNT, same thing uh, for the for the the Kia's and the State Farms and all of the other groups that are out there looking for like, hey, we need ours. They they got theirs. Now they got theirs on the backs of LeBron and, and and all of the other guys who had a fly in from wherever they were. Yeah. And, and put like, I mean, that's, that's, I hate to say it like that's part of the deal at this point. You know, we, we all know it's a business. I mean, they're like, I mean, to some degree they're like little kids who kind of get that it's a business. And I also get the fact that it's really hard on, on the, you know, Toronto, the, the franchise, at least the Raptors, because they're in, like, they're playing in the 80 you know, or whatever, 73-game road season In for all intents yeah. and purposes. They're not comfortable at any point. They never get to kind of kick back and have a week you know, a week, you know, at home because of, of what it is. As nice as we the South is. And by the way, I love the shirt last week. I don't know. If I should have worn it again
1: this week. But like, it should just, hey, if, if any fans listening want to just send me like a t-shirt, I'll wear it on the show. Like I have no problem doing that. That, that would be a lot of fun. Have like a weekly thing, but I don't, you're completely right. And my first thought process was when I heard Fred VanVleet said that this season hasn't been fun and it's felt more like a business than it's, it's ever had before. They knew this the second you declare for the NBA draft, right? Like everything changes the moment you declare for the draft and you become a professional in what you do, right? Like. What was more fun for you as a college journalist, writing for the school paper, covering where you went to school, or actually doing it every day as a profession, right? Like, like there's times you're like, I love this, and I enjoy doing it, but man, like, it kind of sucks doing it every single
0: day. I've seen some strange crap <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> over the years. I saw a blimp crash into a building in Midtown. That was a crazy day. De- like I, I, I get you. I get what you, I get your point. I get your point. But I. I think the. I think the thing that that. i mean, because we are all so programmed to, you know, we've. It's an 82 game season, and and this is these are the cadences, and these are the beats, and the the occasional year that we saw a, a blip in that was you know, we, we, had a, we, had a, we had a lockout and it was a 50-game yeah. season and it wasn't like something that, that as, as bad as altering the season was, it wasn't overlapped with a worldwide virus, invisible virus that could kill you. Like, it just, so I, I, like, I get that, that it, he and others are, are responding to that and having, having difficulties you know, reconciling, like, reconciling the fact that, it, you know, hey, hey you know, well, here's the thing. It's, this is the wake-up call that in case you forgot it's a business, this is a business. <laughs> if, well, it would, and, if it would help maybe as, a, as, a, as an idea, maybe put little dollar signs on the ball to remind you that it's a business.
1: At, at, absolutely. You said it perfectly last week, this game, and you said it again this week. This game is exported to not just domestically, but it's an international affair. Yeah. and They've got to yeah. get it in TV screens all across the world because the NBA is a global game. And you know what? I, and I'll, I'll just end this conversation on this the players get 50% of the revenue in the league, right? Which means that every TV contract, they're getting half of the profits that are generated from those TV deals. So the players signed off on this schedule. They signed off on a 72 game run. So they knew what they were getting into. They knew that they were going to have to play more four games over the course of five nights. than they have over the last couple of years. And I have a hard time faulting Adam Silver and the NBA for anything because they have been a more players driven league than any other league in American sports. And Um, I'll just leave it at that. Right. Like, like that's, that's fair to say the NBA gets one mulligan on a situation like this because it's an unprecedented schedule and unprecedented times. And you know what? It sucked this year and I get where he's coming from, but they're still getting a check at the end of the day, aren't they?
0: Uh, yeah, a check that is probably gonna need a couple, space it for a couple more zeros <laughs> the way <laughs> the way this thing is going. But but hey hey, let's let, let's let's switch gears because like I as I've said before, I grew up a Knicks fan. You know, I was one of these guys who was like hanging on the Ewing finger roll and 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 all that stuff, and John Starks. and all the back of the day, and loved all that stuff. And then you know, life took me in a different direction, and I wound up you know a lot of times rooting for the story. That that's what happens in 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 press boxes. You know you at least it did with me, like rooting for the, for the, what will make them for the best story. Yeah. Uh, and so it wasn't so much an expanse <laughs> during those years, but now you know, they, they have had a, a resurgence, a re, re- rebirth, whether it's, you know, Tibbs, you know, getting, getting them to buy in on, on defense, what Julius Randle, um, what, whatever it is, they, the squad is 1-6 straight. They are headed for the playoffs. I can't believe that I'm saying this. Like, every time I say it, I'm, like, literally looking at the standings to make sure, like, nope, yeah, they're, they're, still, they're still there. Like I, I keep thinking it's, like, it, for me and for Knicks fans, this is, like, you know, Lucy pulling the football away. Like, I keep expecting that to be Charlie yeah, you're, Brown.
1: You're just waiting for the floor to drop out, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you know the crash is coming. You just don't know how it's
0: going to happen. Exactly. But I mean, but here's the thing. They've won six straight. They are in sixth place. They, they, you know, based on the format, you know, they're going to be in the very, at the very worst, they'll be in a playing game and, you know, in all likelihood, they'll be able to win one of the, you know, if, if they drop to seven or eight or nine, 10, they, I would expect them to be able to win a couple of those games. They, they've, they've, they've played well on the road. They've got, you know, they've got the guys are playing well. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good.
1: <laughs> well, first off, Congratulations, because you haven't had an opportunity to celebrate like this in a long, long time. And believe me, the Royals have won nine games to start the year, and I'm like, yes. Yes, you know, like the rest of the summer is golden. They've had one run of success. It's good. But I I was was looking at the numbers, Autumn. The Knicks have won 31 games, which is their most wins since I believe the 16-17 season when they had 32. The 31 wins is on pace for them to have the most wins by this team since the 13-14 season. That's how long it's been since the Knicks have been decent. They have not been to the playoffs since the 2012-13 season. Look, I, I'm done with numbers after that because I just yeah. thought that was, you know, it's, it's amazing that one of the league's largest markets has been inept and struggled for that long. And this team's going to the playoffs. Like, you can pat yourself on the bat. Like, this floor is not dropping out anytime soon. This team's going to be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of where they land in the playoffs. But the the interesting thing is, and you mentioned this, Otto, they've won six straight basketball games. And those six games are, are not flukes. Those are against teams that have playoff aspirations that are playing for something. It's not like they're just, you know, rolling the ball out against the Orlando magic, right. Who have been more injury plagued than any other team. They're playing legit competition. And the last team they lost to was close by the Boston Celtics and the Celtics are also on a six game winning streak. So it's, it's wild when you think about the success that those two franchises are having right now and the rivalry that could be brewing between those two. But and because you've watched more Knicks games than I have this year, what's the single biggest difference? Because when you look at the roster, like the roster is not head over heels better than it necessarily was last year, but what's the biggest difference for you?
0: To to me, I think it's, I think it's just the, the, the coaching and the attention to detail. Like a lot of times what I would see at least is just like, I can't tell you how many times on the, on the sports report. And yeah, the Knicks had a lead late into the, you know, like you know, going into the fourth quarter and just, you know, not, ha- not basically not playing 48 minutes of basketball, you know, yeah. in the case of non-overtime games, which they obviously, they played an overtime game, which got them their sixth one against the uh, Pelicans, I believe. So, yeah, so you, you got, they have, you know, play together, play smart and play, you know, play, play thorough, play hard, play, you know. And I think, and I think that's what Tibbs has, has them doing, which, uh, which is not something that, that, you know, they, they do not look like, the Knicks squad of recent seasons that's that's I mean uh, and I and I'm a guy who was, who was all had always been concerned about how how you know how Tibbs runs his team and how how hard he runs his guys and how many minutes they have but you know I, I think that you haven't heard a lot about that <laughs> and you probably won't as long as the team is doing what it's doing um but that that's my that's that's my that's my take on it but but mean the only other thing I'll say like you know there have been chants like you know Julius Randle and you know these these MVP chants like so my take on all that is that if, if the Garden had 20,000 people in it every night and some of these performances came before you know, sold out crowds, truly sold out crowds and not you know, COVID capacity crowds, I think there would be a different kind of vibe out there you know, like with regard to MVP. But I, I, I don't think that he is an MVP.
1: Hey, just yeah. think. In about eight years, you're going to be able to say Zion Williamson, MVP for the New York Knicks. <laughs>
0: Yes. Right. I, I, exactly. So what, so Zion recently said that, you know, New York is a, is a favorite place. You know, he, he loves playing in New York. And so that automatically means. But who that,
1: doesn't love playing in New York?
0: Look, I mean, I, you, you may or may not. You the
1: training it's great, right?
0: You may or may not remember this. They, you know, LeBron said he loved playing in New York. He loved the big stage. A guy by the name of Kobe Bryant said he loved playing in, in New York. In fact, he loved it so much. There was a night that uh, this was unbeknownst to fans at the time Spike Lee and Kobe were doing a, a basically an in-game documentary and you know Kobe basically knew this <laughs> and uh and kind of went off on on I mean I'm not sure what, exactly what Spike was thinking because <laughs> he wanted to have a, he wanted to have a good game but you know but in the end like yeah who doesn't love playing in New York who doesn't like it's like saying you know I I'm I'm an actor but I you know, I love Broadway well she, who doesn't love Broadway I mean, I I don't know that that necessarily translates to like, so do you, do you think that Zion is, wants to become a Nick because not right now,
1: not right now. I think if the Knicks had some other players around him, he might, but not right now. I I think he's fine in new Orleans. He seems like a happy go lucky guy. He's fine with this situation, but Hey, you want to continue this Knicks conversation, and maybe you've mentioned the MVP chant and someone they might have on their roster that might have a good chance. Sure, sure, sure. Let's let's get to it. Okay.
0: So let's talk MVP. We're at that time now in the year. Everyone's the
1: favorite s- discussion.
0: Oh, it, it, who who does who doesn't want to talk about? It? You know, is we're at the time of year where it's it's or or time of the season, I should say, because like we said earlier, time of the year is already. But anyway, we're at the time of the season where. You 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 you, know, you want to talk about the MVP. The, it's kind of heating up. Uh, for most people, there is one guy who is probably on most people's ballots, but there are for a variety of reasons that we'll get into. There are a whole host of other candidates. So, Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic is the is the guy who you know I would say is probably he's he's on certainly on my short list. I probably I probably have it going to him. But, Ab, what do you what do you think? Is he is he the guy? Are there other guys we should be looking at?
1: So there are a few different guys that I think warrant conversation for being in the MVP race. And Otto, this is a perfect case study for does number of games actually matter for someone you're considering an MVP candidate, right? And this can trickle back to the conversation that we had in the first segment, right? Like because of the condensed number of games and the rate at which these games are being played, Teams are probably having to rest players as well more so than they have in recent years. Like, right. Like it, there's no coincidence uh, on the same night that Fred Vliet made those comments or those comments about not having fun. His team was also fined like $25,000 for resting players.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, like, like right. Teams
1: all around the year are, are looking at this. And yeah. so ESPN did a straw poll of local media or of national media members on who they would raid as their MVP candidate for this year. And Nikola Jokic by far and away had more votes than anyone. I I think of the 90 votes that they took in that straw poll, Jokic had about 40% or 40 votes, which isn't quite 50%, but, but it's pretty close, right? Like, um, it it shows you what people are thinking about the season that he's putting together and look, 26 points, 11 boards, 8.8 8.8 assists per night. Pretty damn good, right? The, the, prob, the problem is is because those numbers are what they are. And if you're going to put them side by side with someone like who you throw out, and I'll bring it up because he's a Jayhawk, and I will talk mm-hmm. about a Jayhawk any chance that I get, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, yep. 30 points, 11 boards, three assists, shooting 51% from the field. Like in the time that, Embiid has been on the floor this year, he has dominated. The problem is I have a hard time saying that someone is more valuable to their team when they're not on the floor, right? Like the Sixers are having a really good season this year. And if you were to rank the NBA teams right now, I'd probably argue that the Sixers are easily – top three, right? It's, it's debatable based on what ranking system you want to use or how you want to judge what team's playing best right now, right? Mm-hmm. But if I was going to say what team is playing best, the Sixers are playing the best basketball. And it's because of the way that when he's on the floor, Joel Embiid is playing alongside with Ben Simmons. But if we're just talking MVP, he's played in 38 games and Jokic has played in 56, like, it's, it's, it's not close. That's almost 20 more games in a condensed sprint-to-a-finish season, right? They're only playing 72, so Jokic has less than 20 games left. It's, so Embiid couldn't even – if Jokic just didn't play at all the rest of the year, Embiid couldn't even reach the amount of games that he's played this year already.
0: If I'm not mistaken, I believe that Embiid has played a max of 64 games in any season.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, so he's, he's injury-prone with the best of them, right? right. Like, that guy, so, like, despite how big and strong he is, he's as frail as anybody. Like, look, I'll, I, I'll, I I'll still that. never forget, and not to bring this back to Jayhawk basketball, <laughs> that team with him and Andrew Wiggins, both those guys, they were so good on the court together. They were so frail together as well. Mm. And what could have been, man?
0: Well, well been. So, so let me ask you this. Like, if, if the, by, by the same token, um, you know, we talk about, you know, how many games, that, you know, players must play. What team, where must your team finish? So right now, as I'm looking at the standings, the Nuggets are in fourth. They're only, they a game and a half up on the Lakers. And the only reason the Lakers are in fifth is because they hadn't had you LeBron or AD. Or and so what happens when the Nuggets, uh, and, and obviously we know Jamal Murray, what happens when the, when the Nuggets drop to the fifth spot or perhaps even the sixth spot? That, that, do you still feel the same way? Like, well, whatever happened to the argument, well, we can't have... We can't have an MVP coming from, from a six seed.
1: Yeah, like, like right, like, uh, so what, Giannis has won the last two MVPs, and mm-hmm. you know why that was? Because the Bucs were the best team in the East each of those last two years. They may not have been great in the playoffs, but they were by far the best regular season team in the Eastern Conference each of those last two years, and he was the best player on the best team. If the Nuggets don't finish in the top four in the Western Conference, you really tell me that Nikola Jokic is the most valuable player in the Western Conference well, that, in the entire league?
0: Well, that's that. I mean, but that becomes that because so so that straw poll that you just referenced. So so do the, to the forty-four media members here. So, you know, well, you know what? They they just lost a game and a half in the standings, so I'm going to have to reverse but, my. So
1: so here's here's another case study, right? MVP races are predicated off a player's history, right? Like Giannis was building towards MVP caliber seasons yep. and you were like, he's finally ready to be a league MVP. Julius Randle is having a really good year for the New York Knicks and the New York Knicks are probably going to, and I said this in the first segment. No, I shouldn't say probably they are going to make the NBA playoffs. But do you know why Julius Randle is not included in the MVP conversation?
0: Well, I have my own theories, but go ahead.
1: It's because he's been a mediocre player every other year in his NBA career. And okay. he he wasn't expected to be in the conversation for MVP.
0: Well, I mean, that, that's that's fine. But, I mean, you're just looking at some of his numbers, I mean, you know, his, his rebounding is kind of right there. His, his assists are up points are a little low for what you would consider, what we would all consider MVP numbers, you know, 23.7, you know, points per game is not, is not stellar. The PR is, you know, under 20. But, but, uh, but the
1: MVP vote is not best numbers, right? No, like, it's like, not, like, it, like, like we give scoring titles, we give rebounding titles. And like, so if we're given a scoring title, that's going to step this year. But if we're saying someone's the most valuable player on their team, Julius Randle almost has the Knicks in the playoffs.
0: I, I get that, but there is almost never a case where the MVP is, you know, a top three or a top five player. Now, you may not agree with, with, the, with the selection, but, you know, if, if you're saying that Julius Randle is the MVP conversation, that means you're, you're essentially saying he's a first team, at, you know, all NBA, and I don't think we can make that claim. Like no, I, 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 so, so, like, so I, having, having a great season for, for, for Julius Randle, having a great season for the New York Knicks, but MVP, like, should not even be those, – those three letters should not but, come out of the mouth of anybody.
1: So, so, so here's, here's another side of that argument, right? Like, if – and I feel like we do this every year with the MVP race because, theoretically, the most valuable player in the league every single year for the last 15, 16 years – LeBron James, right? Like, like, no matter what, LeBron's been out, what, almost a month now for the Lakers? Yeah. And granted, they're missing AD as well, and you see what's yeah. happened to that team. Yeah, like, yeah. So, it's, it, it's, if every year we know who the most valuable player is, and that's LeBron James, it seems like every year we're just finding reasons to anoint someone else an MVP for the sole purpose of that conversation.
0: Well, you, right. you, you, yeah, I mean, well, that's that's another thing that always happens this time of year. We have the MVP conversation, and then we and have the a conversation the about conversation. Well, we have a LeBron conversation, and we have a we have a conversation about what the MVP actually is supposed to represent, signify, go to, and go to. Because you know, for that matter, you know, why was not why was Michael Jordan not the MVP every year that he laced him up for the Bulls? <laughs> you know, like yeah. right, you know that would have been. You know, but we 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 don't do that. <laughs> Which, which
1: I I think is an interesting subject because no other, so the NFL and I'll relate this back to Patrick Mahomes, right? Like the NFL has like their star right now. And Patrick Mahomes who some would, and Tom Brady, who some would say is comparable. Like Brady's comparable to James, right? As far as like career accolades and, and things like that. But, the NFL, we, we don't have this conversation every year of trying to find someone who's equivalent to LeBron James, right? Like, and the NBA for the better part of, I don't know what, like 25 years every year has known who the best player in the league is. And that player typically probably does not win the MVP. Like, right. Like if it wasn't Jordan, it was Kobe or Shaq. If it wasn't Kobe or Shaq, it was LeBron James and, you know, if we're having to find someone, it's been Giannis. So it seems like we, we, we give out this award every year, but if we're giving it on the sole purpose of like, who's most valuable to their team on any given year, it should be the player that makes the biggest difference in that team from year to year. Right. Like the nuggets were like, they were a really good team last year and it's not like Jokic should, well, let's see, let's pull up his numbers, just side by side to last year as well. Um, So let's see, last year in 32 minutes, so he's playing three more minutes this year, his scoring average has jumped about seven points, which is a pretty good leap considering Mm -hmm. for the last three years prior, he was at 18, 20, and 19. So that's a a valid argument for why he's valuable to that team. But wouldn't you also say that the pieces around him are much better that are giving him better opportunities?
0: Well, absolutely I would. But that, I mean... But look, I mean, you have to. I think you that that's kind of like built in. If that if that makes any sense, that's that to me is all is is part of it. Look, here's 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 another here's another question. I'll, I'll a- ask it this way: Should the league MVP be voted on after the postseason, so as to consider what happens in the playoffs?
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent. I get that it's a regular season award. But we have this conversation all the time in basketball, right? Like Giannis and the Bucs have been the best team in the Eastern Conference for the last two years. But that doesn't – nobody cares about what the Bucs are doing in the regular season this year, right? Because we're judging the Bucs based on what they're going to do in the postseason. Like if Giannis has another flame out, we're not going to say that he is the best player in the league next year because dude can't win in the playoffs, right? Like, that's what the conversation turns towards.
0: So so, all right, so by extension, therefore, does the MVP of the finals become the league MVP? Is it just, we're basically handing one person two awards? Would there ever be a situation where the, someone who has not won, uh, you know, a situation where the MVP of the finals is not also the MVP of the season? I mean, like, I can't think of a, of a scenario in which, anybody would wind up with who would have wound up with the award, not winning, not winning both awards.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's a good point. Um, And I I hate to say that, like, I I haven't thought about this part, but, but I I, I do think that there's, there's an aspect of say like a Nikola Jokic, who is the regular season MVP, right. But his team flames out in the first round of the Western conference playoffs Now let's say a Joel Embiid who has played 20 games less in the regular season, by all in case points has equivalent numbers or close to what Jokic has, but plays, I don't know, maybe another 12, 15 games in the playoffs that Jokic doesn't play, then I think that makes it a much easier conversation to say, well, just because he didn't play those 20 regular season games, dude got his team to the NBA Finals. May not a one, but he played 15 more games in the playoffs against playoff-caliber teams and had just as good of a run.
0: Mm. Yeah, I – I think, I, think I, like to, I like the regular season being an entity in and of itself. And I know it creates these, these awkward moments where we're giving the MVP to a guy who's in a suit instead of his, instead of his uh, 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 you know, uniform or what have you. But it almost argues for like regular season MVP, playoffs MVP, and finals MVP. Because I, I, you could make a case that, that Jamal Murray would have been the playoff MVP last year or Jimmy Butler would have been the playoff MVP last year, yeah. but not the playoff finals. And I, I think that in a, in a way, even though it's like adding an award, which I mean, I probably just did TNT a favor because I'm adding, <laughs> I, I, I just created a, a sponsor opportunity for them.
1: You're for giving them. them more inventory, man. Like, more inventory, another award show.
0: Exactly, exa- well, I know the segment within the award show. So I mean, I guess there should be some royalties that come coming my way, whatever, but whatever, we'll put, put that in the conversation for another day. But I, I think it would be uh, you know, a playoffs MVP, which would be a, a way to acknowledge some of the phenomenal work that gets done. That's someone other than, you know, this way it could go to the, like I said, Jimmy Butler lost finals or, or give it to somebody else who's, who's really, whose play was really remarkable and want, you know, you want to have that moment. Like, like Dan Lillard would have, you know, would have gotten that oh, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago, you know, th- things like that.
1: Just call it the Dan Lillard MVP trophy because Dame Miller needs something. I love Dame man. Like yeah. if I could just watch Dame it's it's a shame that the Blazers play on the left coast because I never get to watch Blazers games and I love the Blazers. Like it's such a shame that I don't yeah, watch it, Dame more.
0: It's uh, it it's, it's good good stuff out there unfortunately it's just you know past past our bedtimes in the east. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I, I I guess if to build off that. And because if we're willing to consider someone like Joel Embiid in this conversation, he's played 20 games less than mm-hmm. Nicole Jokic for the MVP. What would a player like AD, Kevin Durant, LeBron, who's dealt with injuries this year, have to do to get back into that discussion? Would they just have to go off for like 40-point straight games to like end the campaign? Like LeBron would have to come back tonight and run off 40 straight plays.
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, we, we have... Because I feel like
1: we've decided, right? Like, 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 who cares what the last twenty games are? Like, we have an idea who it is.
0: Well, look, we—I mean, I—we—we we can check the tape. You and I, you know, back back in December or early January, the first couple of the games, KD went off, and we're like, oh, this KD's got it on lock, and we're, then
1: we're like, we're talking Nets every week, like. right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and then you know, and then and Harden steps up, and Kyrie and Ron, like, so yeah i I feel like we, on at, at, to a degree I feel like we have short you know memories on, on on some of this stuff sometimes um I feel like in the next three weeks we may see even though you know with each passing week there's there's more stuff that's in the bank and less stuff that's that's to come, but it also feels like I don't know if the nuggets are a six seed i think i think some of those forty four media members might get a little well you know like <laughs> Like, the
1: NBA, as much as any other league, is a, like, what have you done for me lately? Like, oh. I will 100% admit that, like, I'm like, hey, man, that guy's has like, six good games. I'm a bad <laughs> <it." laughs> <laughs> like, 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 I get it. And I completely understand. Like, you have a sample size of 54 games, and you're scoring seven points more than you had in your years prior? Yeah. You're up for it, but I, I I also do think that it's it's a conversation as part of the entire season, and it's it's an award that needs to be predicated off, you know, team success as well. And if you finish fourth or fifth, then you can't be the league MVP. It's just it's well, not how look, it works.
0: Well, so so here so I'm going to throw some out to you. you. Tell me what you think. What if the instead of doing it by you know we get to the end of the season and we vote? What if we had a, basically an MVP vote? Every week or every month, you figure out whatever unit of time that is, and they are our votes. So you know, first gets a certain number of points, second, third, fourth, whatever, and then you you carry those votes throughout the throughout the season. And so at the end of the year, at the end of the season, you you have you've earned these credits over time. If you were hurt and you didn't play for 2 weeks or 2 months then you, you obviously can't, be can't in that you, week's. Vote. Well no you, you you don't get the credit you don't you don't you don't you haven't earned credits for, for that amount of time. So at the end of the season it, it rewards the the player who has played you know 75 78 80 games what have you whatever you know obviously not this year with the 80. Um, but so that's one that's one way to do it now, but the, the 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 flip side is like if you were to be the third best player every week but you're consistently always the third best player. Is that enough? Is is that, because you could take, you could parlay every third place that you have and that might be enough to get you the most votes overall. And would that would that be acceptable?
1: Well, so I, I, I will put it this way and I will relate it back to 90s Aaron Berlin when he used to play video games a lot. Like I played Mario Kart in 64 all the time, right? Never the best racer in the cup. But if I finished, I don't know, like five out of six races in second or third, and I maybe threw in one first place, you know what happened? Won the The damn cup every single time. Won the cup because I had the most accumulated points. I actually like that. And it, it seems like it would allow for not only the media to have an easier conversation about this, but i think if you if you let the players and the players do have some some part of the vote right like right now like they, they make up a very small percentage of the total mvp vote if i'm not mistaken
0: uh how much of it i do not know i'm 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 out of my element on this one but maybe we can get some help from our producers perhaps but but if not we'll roll them.
1: But, but yeah it's and i think it's a chance to let them be a larger participant in this too right like it's their peers it's their co-workers it's a vote that they should be able to vote on and have equal amount of say and i think that you know if it's anything like how you know the players take uh when it's just orchestrating their all-star rosters they take it pretty damn serious right <laughs> like, and so it sounds like right now it's just sports and broadcasters vote but why not let the players be a part of it
0: we can let the players be part of it, but i do, I do like the idea of of Voting in increments of time other than the full season, you know whether it's again by week or by month, or set up something after after every ten games because you know there are some weeks when a team will play you know four games, another week a team will play two, and it's obviously it's not necessarily fair. So maybe after every ten games, there's a I don't know how it would work exactly, but it 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 avoids the whole issue of well he only played sixty five and we're going to give it to him because if he has earned. If he's earned it, then he'll get it. And if he hasn't earned it, then he won't. And so what
1: yeah. the NBA, the NBA season is typically six or seven months, regular season runs for six or seven months.
0: Uh, yeah. Depending when they start six, six months, I, I believe is the, you know, October yeah, just, through, through mid April.
1: They, they give out those monthly award awards, right? Right. Like player yeah. of the month in the East and the West, just update the MVP voting at that same time. And like, say, this is how many, this is how many points X player has. This is what they did this month. And this is the leaderboard of top five.
0: Yeah. I mean, Man, I don't, it's
1: like the NCAA when they do those net rankings and everyone's like, what the hell are these? <laughs>
0: it's like, it, 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 yeah. It's it, it's like another sport that I never, ever, ever thought I'd quote, but it's like NASCAR and like, in oh, they're, yeah. they're, that there are standings and you, you know how many points behind you are and, and you know, you know what a, what a win equals and means. And I mean, this is a little different because you're not racing toward a, a, a line. You could, you could have a great week and average 40 points a game, but you know, if, if damn Steph Curry decides he's going to have 53 points a game, then, then, oh, well, you know, you pick a bad week to have a great week.
1: (laughs) So So true. I think we just solved the MVP issue.
0: You know what? Yes. Yes. You know, for, again, for our contributions, (laughs) Chief Content Officer Bruce Bernstein,
1: get this up to the NBA league office. We know, you know, people within the office, just let them know. Just let them know. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh man. Well, so go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say that feels like a good rap. What do you think?
0: It, 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 feel, it feels like a good rap. I was, I was just going to ask you, you know, so, so MVP, we're, cause we talked about it so much. Are we both locking in on Jokic or we do, or do we feel like we need to uh the can I'm, down I'm bucking
1: the trend. I'm saying Embiid, man. Okay. I'm saying Embiid. I'm okay. saying that the Sixers are going to finish first in the Eastern conference and it's going to be Joe MVP,
0: MVP. I I, think, I that, think he'd be
1: the first Jayhawk in a long time to win MVP. So, you know, we can uh, hang that banner too in Fieldhouse.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think that the Nuggets, even if they happen to slide to, uh, to a five, I, I think it's going to be Jokic and, and maybe by a slimmer margin, but I, I think it'll, it'll still wind up with it. So there you go. Is there have we have we forgotten anybody is there anybody else we should be we, we should be talking about here i mean uh you know chris paul doing some amazing stuff in phoenix but i i i mean i know i know that i know the team is in a in a in a I a mean, great spot i mean that basically they, they could wind up in the top spot in the west and nobody nobody saw that coming but still i don't i just don't i just don't you know
1: it just doesn't feel right like right like it feels like it's a two horse race right now, as bad as that is. The same with how good the Suns have been all year, right? Like the Jazz have been equally as good, and for some reason, I think it's East Coast bias, man.
0: Well, it maybe it maybe some of that maybe some of that Portland Portland problem. I'd say it. You know, their games their
1: games are just too late, right? Like it. It's, it's a conversation that everybody had for the longest time with ESPN, right? And I think we had it with Pac-12 basketball this year, right? Mm. Like, their, their games are just too late. Nobody's staying up to watch them. Nobody uh, who lives on the East Coast cares about West Coast basketball. And it's bad to say, but the Suns have been so mediocre for so long, and that team feels – you know who they feel like? They feel like the Bucks from the last two years. Like, they're going to have a great regular season – but the postseason comes and they're just going to fall apart.
0: I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I feel, I feel like it's even worse because I feel like the, the Bucks. you know, it was Giannis and the Bucks coming in and we're going to blow the doors off of you. And, and, and I look, the records, the record will tell you that Phoenix is doing that, but that's not the vibe that I think that average fan it's kind of dialed into, if that makes any sense. And
1: yeah. and 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 I think it's uh, it's a Chris Paul who's having a really good regular season, but a Chris Paul who's never won anything in the playoffs either. It's it's the same Giannis problem. It's like, all right, man, you can be really good in the regular season. We'll see what you do for me in the postseason. Until you do something for me for me in the postseason, that's all I need. And bam, that's that's my mic drop on the MVP race, my man. That's it. That's all I got. No more. That was dope. <laughs> All right, Adam, I'm moving on from the MVP conversation because I feel like we've gone through this and we played it. And we always like to keep this segment for a little fun, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I- I'm sure you saw what's going on over in Europe with this Super League that's being constructed. What are your thoughts on this right now?
0: Uh, so if, if, in other words, if we were to bring, let's say, oh, I don't know, if we were to have a Super League in the NBA.
1: Yes, that's so, exactly
0: where I was going yes, with it. Yes, I, I, we're, just, we're just right there. I'm reading, reading minds. Uh, look, it would be an interesting concept depending on how it would be built. It could be very good or very bad. That's a very kind of all over the place statement, but I'm, I'm going to go with it. So how, how do, how, first off, how do you see it being constructed? So the
1: way I personally would construct this and the NBA for a long time has had a problem with teams tanking, right? They mm-hmm. totally gutting their rosters in order to maybe have a chance of success 5 or 10 years ago if you were to take 10 teams and say they were the top 10 teams in the league this year based off finish right and you were to send the other 20 teams <laughs> and basically make them a G league and i have an idea based off like overall franchise success who I would kick to this G league just immediately. Like this year doesn't even matter. Like if you're middle of the road this year, I don't even care. It's based, it's predicated off overall franchise success. But if you were to take the top 10 teams and say that like that number 10 spot or, you know, eight, nine, and 10 or rotating, and the worst teams get demoted each year to the G league and the top three teams in that JV league get brought up, then I think that would create a lot of intrigue and it would create a lot of incentive for these varsity teams to make sure that they're always winning. But so I've I've thought about this and I'm going to ask you this, who your 10 teams would be, because I feel like we'd have some similarities based on how we do this, but I also feel like we're going to have a lot of differences.
0: Okay. All right. So there's one inherent problem in all this, at least based on how we have viewed sports leagues, um, over the decades to this point. And my question is, do we care about geography? Because no.
1: it's, it's all predicated, it's all predicated on success.
0: Okay. All right. So, if it's so, so we're which, fine. Which I,
1: ha- I hate to say.
0: So we're, so we're fine.
1: Your but... Knicks for the last five years would have a hard time making this league.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, exa- exactly. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the Boston Celtics would be one, two, three, four, five, two, four, six. Eight. So the Boston Celtics would not be they be they'd be tied or ti- so they're tied for Atlanta with the 10th spot. So right now they would be the Boston Celtics. The, the Boston Celtics would not be <laughs> in, in the Serie A uh, of the NBA you're saying? No. No. Wow. Okay.
1: But here's here's how I did my top 10. Yep. I did it based off because this is the first year for our Super League. Yep. It was based off championships. Like okay. number of championships won and the top five are pretty, are pretty easy, right? Like Lakers, Celtics, each with 17, Bulls, Warriors with six, San Antonio with five. And then there's like a host of teams that have three and two. But so before I tell you my bottom five, who, who, who's your
0: top five? Top five for me. Uh, and I say my form formula is a little bit different. I I, I want to, I want to honor certainly want to honor the teams that have done well over time but at the same time I want to honor the, honor the teams that are doing well right now. So is the, is the question so, so
1: you're a more what have you done for me lately
0: type thing. Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, as I think we all are. So are we are we looking at I mean, are we asking for the teams that would not be in there now based on what they've done this year or we we're asking based on the conclusion of last season? Like Let's go so
1: conclusion conclusion of last season cuz this right. season's not completed.
0: All right. So e- either way um, I would have had like the Lakers would have been there, Milwaukee would have been there, uh, Boston would have been there, um, Denver would have been there without a doubt. Um, and then who would have my fifth team been? Uh, I probably, probably would have said the Clippers. That would have been my my fifth my fifth team. You know, based based on based here's, on here's,
1: it. Here's my problem with the Clippers, man. There's yep. been no worse franchise in the NBA except for maybe the Timberwolves,
0: but, it, Sorry, but again, then the Clippers. Well, okay, all right. So it's, is, are they basing this on history? Because if basing on this on history, then that means we're going to need to include the Bulls. We're going to need to include the Spurs. We're going to need to, um, I mean, you gonna so the Warriors would have been in because, you know, yep. their, 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 their history has been great. Last season was, was a train wreck, but their history has been great. So, I mean, you know so is it i mean so there needs to be some some decision as to like what what is the criteria i mean i mean let's just let's just call it what it is when lebron was with with the cavs they would have been in the minute that he left they would have been out and that's not that, that's not even there's you know cleveland you can write me they could like I, I, I that is just how it's going to work that's how this is working period like
1: that's, that's, that's so true. Like, like it's all predicated where the players are. Like the franchises don't care and their geography doesn't matter. But if Giannis is in Milwaukee, Milwaukee's in this damn league, right? And <laughs> like I'll, I'll if give you Tim another. Tim Duncan's in San Antonio, the
0: Spurs are in this league. I'll give you, I'll give you two other examples. The Nets and the team we just talked about a few minutes ago, the Suns. They're in now, but weren't last year. And so if you have the ability at the conclusion of the season to you know, to re- re- relocate teams, but but here but here is the here is again the, the problem and I and I'll admit I don't know enough about how they do it overseas and how how it would be done here. So at the conclusion of last season, let's just say, I mean the the Nets made a little made a little noise and they they, they you know had a, had strong conclusion the season, but they clearly did not have who they had walking into or you know, once we went like what they, who they have this season. Yeah. And so is there an ability for team, and I'm guessing there's no ability for teams to play up or down during the year. So what, what player would want to go to a team that's not in the, in the top league during the season? Nobody. <laughs> you, know, you, you would just, you,
1: you would just have to hope that if you're including these other teams in the G league, like the 10, I just jettisoned to the NBA or to the G league, yeah. um, you know, this JV league, Minnesota, the Clippers, Charlotte, Orlando, Memphis, Oklahoma city, New Orleans, and Sacramento, all small markets. That's a problem.
0: Well, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's also a huge problem on the, on the TV side as, as constructed, as, as I understand it, you've, you've got teams who have a certain number of, uh, I mean, there's a reason why the Lakers are not on 72 times, you know, there are, there are contractual obligations to show other teams. And even if you could get to the point where, okay, you know, we've got this league, we've got this ABC and, you know, the, the, um, the wizards are going to play the Timberwolves. Okay. You're going to sit back and watch that rating number. I don't think so. That's,
1: the, <laughs> that, that, that's a great point. Like yeah. <laughs> any team that's not in those top 10, nobody's going to watch it because it's not the best. Like the, the reason American sports are so highly rated every single year and the, and are the most watched sports leagues is because traditionally they incorporate players from, you know, the entire world, right? Yep. Like the best basketball players in the world want to play in the NBA, you know? Like NBA players can go overseas and they can play in professional leagues over there, but they all want to play in the NBA because it's perceived as the best league. Like nobody... People watch major league soccer, but they understand that the talent level is not what it is in Europe. So people will get up early. They'll stay up late just to watch the best talent over in Europe, right? They, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. If, if I only have 10 teams in the NBA that have all the talent, I don't care about these B or C leagues. Like I'm not, I'm not even watching G League basketball as is right yeah. <laughs> now, Otto, because it's not the best talent in the world.
0: Well, I mean, there's another whole issue, like just from the marketing standpoint. Like we talked about earlier today, you mentioned the fans, and I think, I think the last last show we talked about all of the the, the little kids wearing Curry jerseys who'll show up in Oklahoma City or in New York, and that goes away. That's just gone, and I think that you'd be crapping on the, the various owners and maybe some people want to take shots at A-Rod and maybe that'd be a good thing for some people, <laughs> but, but I think it would be uh, sending the wrong kind of message that the NBA wants to send out by having um, by telling, you know, essentially two thirds of the teams that, you know, the top stars, yeah, you're not going to be seeing them. Oh, well, if your team gets good, then, then sure you could, you could play in, or you could drive down the road. But that, I, I I think that would mess with the valuations of the franchises that obviously have, would have to, it's going to affect the number of people who show up at games um, it, it's just, it, it affects so many things that I, I understand from a competitive standpoint. Um, and, you know, and then that we haven't even talked about this. So now you're, you know, you're LeBron, you're going up against the best, the best guys, or, or you know, any top player going up, or going, or going against the best night after night after night after night. And what's the cumulative effect of that on your body? Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that people on who, who, you know, play for some of these other franchises aren't good players. I'm not saying that, but you, you can't escape the fact that that, you know, there, there is, there are side effects and repercussions to all these things.
1: Yeah. I mean, what's the biggest argument in or one of the biggest conversation topics in the NBA year after year, it's, you know, it's not necessarily how many playoffs you made. It's the number of games that you've played in playoff type basketball because playoff type basketball, one game is probably the equivalent of three to four regular season games, as far as from like an intensity level and the amount of effort that these players give. So if you're playing that night after night, that's a really good point, Otto. And I'll just finish it off on this point. If we're only taking the top 10 teams based off last year's record one of the teams that finished or that played in the NBA Finals last year would not make that league. So that's why you can't do things like this.
0: See? Exactly.
1: Damn. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing things up this week, and as always, a special tip of the cap to our producer Daniel Kramer and our editor Kristen Woolley. Also, big up to our big king of content. He is the CCO. He is the one and only. His name is Bruce Bernstein. He's also delivering our handwritten letter to the NBA on how to judge the MVP race moving forward. But if you have not caught any of the other content that we like to produce here on Pure Hoops Media, where have you been? This week on the Mike Wise Show, Mike's guest is Hall of Fame executive Jerry Colangelo, who tells us plenty of stories from his big time running the Phoenix Suns and his role of putting together the Redeem team for the 2008 Olympics. Full Court with Fisher and Kay has plenty of great college hoops talk each and every week. And as always, on Thursdays, Monica McNutt and King McClure are must-listen to on buckets, boards, and blocks. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman have the Pure Hoops podcast on Friday. And Otto and I are back next Tuesday with Catch and Shoot
0: 2.0. Hey man, guess what happens tomorrow? What's up? I get COVID shot number two.
1: Oh, fully vaccinated human. Fully are Basically like Thanos at that point.
0: Uh two weeks and then I'll be Thanos. But but yes, I'm I'm on the way. And so look, it's our big hope for this year that every person on the planet within the sound of my voice can get the COVID vaccine so we could finally put this pandemic to an end. But we are not there yet, folks. It is important that you protect yourself and others by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and social distancing. Uh, and please don't forget the medical professionals and other frontline workers who are doing their best to keep us all safe. So for my partner, Aaron Berlin, I'm Otto Strong. See you next week. Captain and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.